Rebecca. You've just got a credit card bill of $900. You do not need a scarf. Then again, who needs a scarf? Wrap some old jeans around your neck. That'll keep you warm. That's what your mother would do. You're right, she would. The point about this scarf is that it would become part of a definition of you. Of your psyche. Do you see what I mean? No, no, I do. I, I keep talking. It would make your eyes look bigger. Hmm. Mm. It would make my haircut look more expensive. You'd wear it with everything. It would be an investment. You would walk into that Alette interview confident, confident, and poised, poised. The girl in the green scarf. The green scarf, please. Good choice. It's the last one. That'll be one hundred and twenty dollars. How would you like to pay? Here's fifty dollars in cash. Can you put thirty on this card? Ten on that. Twenty on that. So cute. Declined. Really? Could you just could you try it again? Really declined. Could you just put this to one I side? I can't hold sale items. Can't hold sale items. All right. Well, we are continuing our message series, Got You, this week. And we're looking during this series at three... Uh, ways that we can get tripped up in life, three life choices that we make that can harm our relationships, that can put our future at risk in some way and can damage our uh, ability to influence others to become followers of Jesus Christ. And last week we talked about how our emotions, when uh, they're out of control, can damage our relationships, can harm our Christian witness. And this week, we're going to talk about temptation, all right? So um, in your bulletin is a card there. It says at the top, my way out card. And we'll talk about that in a minute and all the uh, steps that are on there. And I've included a blank there at the top of that where you can write down an area that you struggle with temptation, an area of weakness for you. We, We all have a different... Uh, things that we struggle with, yours will be different than somebody's down the road. And if you're not comfortable writing it down, uh, just humor me and at least put a little check there that, you know, I got it tucked away here, yes. And then I would invite you to prayerfully listen to the message with those things in mind, that one area or two areas that you've written down there. And, you know, uh, we all have weaknesses. What What is your weakness. Uh, maybe you could relate to the, the scarf shopper <laughs> that uh, uh, you have a problem with overspending or, you know, if it's on sale, then you can't resist it. And you've heard mannequins talking before, you know. It, you may have some kind of addiction that you struggle with that uh, leaves you feeling 
guilty or with fears about your future, but it doesn't have to be an addiction. We all face temptations. There's a temptation to gossip, to to criticize, to to judge others. Uh, And we're all in different places when it comes to temptation, our ability to to, uh, deal with it. Some of you who may have been Christians for a very long time, and if you heard or saw what someone else had written down, you'd go, yeah, I used to struggle with that, but it has, doesn't really have a pull on me anymore. Others of you may be so addicted to something that you feel like there's no way out of it. You'll never get free of this. Uh, and then there may be others that are dealing with the aftermath of someone else's uh, addiction, and you are stuck with uh, the choices they make. You, you can't choose for them, but their choices impact you. And then there may be some of you who, you know, feel like you're standing strong and this sermon is not for you. You wish you would have given in to the temptation to stay in bed this morning. Uh, But I would say to you, be careful. Because scripture warns that we are all at risk and we need to know how to deal with temptation. And we're going to start by looking at a scripture from 1 Corinthians uh, 10. 12 and 13, that really gives us some insight into uh, what's going on in temptation and how to resist it. So uh, look with me at this. It says, Paul starts right out. He says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Okay? So he's been talking in chapter 10. He's reviewed Israel's history, all the ways that they blew it. And he says, These things are written down as examples for us. And then he says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. They thought they were standing firm and and they fell. You be careful that you don't fall. That's his warning, not mine. Then he goes on. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And we're going to talk about that way out in a minute. But first I want to give you some insight into the nature of temptation. And I also want to say right up front, there's a lot of content in this message. This could be a four-week series. And, and, you know, I'm packing... There's not a lot of cute stories, okay? There's not a lot of... It's content, so uh, be ready. Um, But Paul says that whatever you're going through, whatever temptation is that you struggle with, it's not unique. Temptation is common to all. Everyone experiences temptation. So we need to look at some facts about temptation. The first thing is that it's not a sin to be tempted. All right. If you feel, feel that pull of some kind of temptation in your life, that's not a sin. And we know this because Jesus was tempted. Uh, it's interesting. If you read in Matthew chapter 3, uh, the uh, very end of the uh, chapter there, Jesus is baptized. John baptizes him. He comes up out of the water. The last verse in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 is, And God spoke. Everyone heard him. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, uh, in whom I am well pleased. And then the very next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, 
It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. (laughs) All right? So this is my son. I love him. I'm well pleased with him. Uh, Okay, now I'm going to lead you into the desert to be tempted by the devil. (laughs) Temptation is common to everyone, people who are near to God, far from God. And even those who think they're beyond it can find themselves faced with temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted. Then the second thing, there's a difference between a trial or a test and a temptation. And, and I wish I had time to go into the Greek word here that's used for both of these and translated different ways on different occasions. But God tests us. He allows us to go through trials to prove our ability to stand, our, to prove our, to us that we are able to stand and to strengthen us, to strengthen our trust in him. It's kind of like a, a test, like you test a board to see if it's going to hold. And God knows what you can hold. He, he never tests you beyond what you can endure, okay? So God tests us to help us to lean into him, to trust him, to grow in our faith. But God never tempts us. Uh, look at James 1.13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt us. Temptation comes from two sources. The first is our own desires. James goes on in this very verse, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So the starting place is a thought, an idea, an evil desire, and, and then Satan uses that desire to tempt us and entice us to sin. God tests us to strengthen us. The enemy tempts us with the intention of um, destroying our faith in God. Jesus said that Satan's intention is to steal, kill, and destroy, right? The thief comes to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. And and that's the nature of temptation. And so number three, there is something, always something at risk when you give in to temptation. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if you give in to temptation, there will be some kind of loss. It might be your faith, It might be some aspect of your future or your health. It might be a relationship. Satan tempts with the intention of doing harm. And and as I was working on this message, I was trying to find a way to talk about this to really help us get our minds around what's at stake when we give in to temptation. And I came up with this statement. I'm not completely 100% happy with it yet. So if you struggle with it, you know, I'm struggling with it. But, but this is as good as it gets by 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. All right? So <laughs> temptation is the enticement to sacrifice a greater good for a temporary gain. Temptation is the enticement to sacrifice some greater good for a temporary gain. And, and that temporary gain could be some kind of high approval by your peers, kids, it's a temporary gain that incurs, but it's a temporary gain that incurs a greater loss. 
And that loss might be financial. You gambled away your paycheck. It may be relational. Uh, you hurt someone in your family again. It may be spiritual. The list is long. There's always something at risk when you're tempted. All right. That's the nature of temptation. But there's good news. And it's found in this verse that we looked at earlier. It goes on and it says, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will also provide a way out. God makes these two promises. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can endure. And he'll always provide a way out. You got to find the way out, right? And that means that there's a way out of every temptation. And we're going to very quickly look at some steps that we can take to experience the way out of temptation that God provides. All right? So I told you a lot of content. You still with me? All right. The first step be aware of your weaknesses. Everybody's got something hole that they keep falling in, right? (laughs) And Jesus told his disciples to be alert, to watch and pray that they didn't fall into temptation. Part of that being alert is being aware of the the things that we tend to be vulnerable to. And and we all have these areas that we get tripped up in. 1 Peter 5.8 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. All right? So we have an enemy. He's looking for that opportunity. And um, what, what is that thing then that you keep doing that it, you're, it puts you in danger of uh, harming your future, hurting someone else, that thing that you keep re- regretting or feeling guilty about? You've probably already written it down there on your way out card. Identify your weaknesses, and then you'll be ready to guard against an attack, okay? Then second, submit yourself to God and ask for his help. God is faithful. He won't let you get be tempted beyond what you can endure, and he promises that if you turn to him, he'll help you. So the promise is... That promise is to those who belong to him, okay? So James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And notice it doesn't say resist the devil and he'll flee from you first. The, The starting place is submit yourself to God. And the reason for that is you cannot do this in your own strength. The flesh is weak. All right? The spirit is strong. So submit yourself to God. Give your life to Christ. Trust God. You need Christ. You need to depend on Christ. Our memory verse this week is Philippians 4.13. It says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. And and if you're trying to resist temptation on your own, you, you just won't make it. You'll fail. But in Christ, we can find the strength that we need. Submit yourself to God and ask him to help you. Then number three, make prayer and scripture reading a daily discipline. 
I had to put it in again this week. I mean, it's, <laughs> you need to pray. You need to read God's word. Uh, David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, this is like part of our defense, our wall that we put up that protects us. And when you stay connected to God and you have Jesus in your life and, and you're being fed on his word, listening to his teaching, then those things will come to you when you need them. And, and they're a wall of protection around you. And then number four, resist temptation when it comes. Uh, scripture's clear that we do not have to give in to temptation. There is a way out. And the passage that we just read promises that God won't let us be tempted beyond what we can endure and that he'll provide a way out. So, so what are some ways that we can resist temptation? More content. Are you still with me? Okay. The first is resolve not to give temptation, a tempting thought a second thought. All right? Don't give a tempting thought a second thought. Don't let it stick. No duct tape, right? Temptation starts with an idea or a thought, and the wise person nips it in the bud right there. Resolve not to give a tempting thought a second thought. Remember, temptation is not a sin, okay? So don't dwell on it. Don't feel guilty about it. Dismiss it. You have no reason to, to feel guilty. Just don't give it any space in your head, all right? The mannequin. <laughs> Remember the mannequins. <laughs> she will give you all kinds of reasons, justifications uh, for doing this. Dismiss it, submit it to God. And here's why. James outlines what happens when we don't do that. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So you give the thought a second thought. You start thinking about, you know, how pleasurable that would be, how good it would be, whatever it is. And then these desires give birth to sinful action. So you get to the point where you've justified it enough. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and buy the scarf. I'm going to eat the huge bowl of ice cream, whatever it is. And when, and not that eating ice cream is a sin. Okay. <laughs> it just works against, you know. Okay, so when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And when it's a sin against God, a disobedience to God, then if you keep justifying, and at some point you're going to have to say, you know, well, that scripture stuff, that that's, you know, God didn't mean that, he didn't write that, whatever. And it gives birth to death. All right. And then when you give into attempting, give a tempting thought a second thought, you open the door to be enticed to act. And, and, you know, we need to recognize that what happens in those first critical moments of temptation are so much more important than we can imagine. We have to decide ahead of time, knowing that we're going to be tempted not to get carried away into something that hurts the heart of God is destructive to us and to others. All right, and then uh, be place higher value on the good that will be lost if you give in to the temporary gain. And this is something that we, we do every day, so that's good news. Um, 
Have you ever said something like this? I was tempted to. I was tempted to give her a piece of my mind. <laughs> I, was a, I was tempted to eat the whole thing, right? I was tempted to call in sick. I waited in line so long I was tempted to walk out without pain, right? We say those kinds of things. We face temptation every day, many, many times over, and we're able to resist temptation um, and, and overcome that temptation because of some greater value, right? You didn't give her a piece of your mind because you wanted to preserve your friendship. You didn't eat the whole thing because you'd be working against a health goal that you have. You didn't call in sick because you weren't, and you value honesty. You didn't walk out without pain because God has said, do not steal, and you didn't want to go to jail. (laughs) This is a strategy that we use all the time to resist temptation. We just need to apply it to areas of weakness. Uh, Think ahead of time. What is the greater good that is going to be lost? What am I at risk of losing if I give in to this temptation? And and then choose to pursue the good. Uh, Maybe the temptation you struggle with is smoking or drinking, and and you're putting your future at risk. You you may not be around to love your grandchildren, right? Uh, If you drink and drive, you may be putting someone else's future at risk. Maybe your weakness is gambling and you're putting your financial future at risk or your marriage at risk. I had a guy come to me, you know, I, 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 I turned in at the casino and my paycheck's gone. I don't know what to tell my wife, okay? Not here. Nobody here. Don't look around. <laughs> Another church. Uh, maybe you're, uh, you know, you just need to focus on the prize. Redirect your thoughts to the greater good. And then this, this, the third thing here is to enlist people that you can trust to help you. Uh, you might need to invite a friend to hold you accountable. Uh, if you've been trying to do this on your own and you're just not making it, it might be time to ask somebody else for some help, get some counseling, or have a friend that you can call when you're struggling. Often God puts people in our lives who, who uh, have a word of encouragement just at the right time, Know about a resource that will help you. We aren't meant to do life alone. Your friends and your family, they love you. They want the best for you. So uh, include them in your plan. And then number five, last thing. You still with me? All right. When you blow it, seek forgiveness and begin again. If you mess up, don't give up. God is waiting for you to turn to him, to go, to go to God, confess it. I had a scripture from 1 John 2, 1. It's printed there in your bulletin. But this morning when I opened my Bible app to read the verse of the day, um, it was so appropriate I decided to put that in instead. It's from Psalm 86, 5. I think it's there. 80, 82, 5. 86, 5. 86, 5. <laughs> I just read it this morning. I don't know. But it fits. All right. Oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask you for your help. Psalm 86.5. He's so good, 
so ready to forgive. And, you know, if you've blown it this week, God's waiting for you to turn to him. God is, God is good, and his word is true. And, and I want, want to invite you to pull that way out card out so we can look at it real quick. You'll see that all the steps that we talked about today are there, and then there's that blank to write down the area that you struggle in. There's a place to write a name of somebody that you feel comfortable sharing with if you need some help. And um, then I would encourage you, maybe on the back you need to write, what's that greater good? You know, maybe you need to paste a picture of your grandkids there. You know, I want to be here for them. I want them to know me, to love me. Maybe you need to write on there, I want to glorify God with my life, and I keep messing up that greater good. You know, what is the greater good? Write it on the back. Put it on the back. And, you know, whether or not you use this card, God has promised to make a way out of every temptation. He is for you. He loves you. Put your trust in him. Let's pray. Loving God, I I thank you um, for your goodness and your faithfulness. Uh, you, You never let us down. And... I pray that you'll be with anyone here who's struggling, that you'll help them, that this will be the day, God, that they decide to to turn things around and allow you to to lead their life, guide their life, and, and to glorify you with their life. And I ask that you would supernaturally enable them to do that and have the will to do it and... Um, God, that they'll see you providing for them as they do. Thank you, God, for your love for us. And today we we give our lives to you once again. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen.